ho, ho, ho. We are live. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf, the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cook, and I've got a very special guest tonight in Mr. Blake Parks, former Corn Ferry Tour player. Yes, some people may call me out for it, but Corn Ferry Tour was the nationwide tour, so... They're the same thing, folks, and uh, certainly we're going to be talking with Blake quite a bit tonight. We're going to be diving into quite a few topics, and some of those topics are, one, how in the hell do I even know Blake? Why in the hell is he on the show? Let's uh, We'll certainly talk about that. We're going to get into the Butterfield Bermuda Championship recap, so we got some good recaps going on there because... Great story around Camilla Vijegas. And then we're also going to talk about Max Homa's win out in uh, South Africa a little bit. And uh, just some things that were going on out there. Then we've got the upcoming RSM Classic, which pretty much much wraps up the fall series. And then we've got a little TGL update. And uh, maybe if we got some time, we might even talk about a little Netflix cup that uh, took place this evening that I happened to jump on and uh, take a take a nice little watch for but before we get into it let me thank our sponsor swannies.co man oh man their stuff is so good I've got the Dante hat on tonight I've got the Camden hoodie the olive if you have been living under a rock olive right now is the color it's the one of the AJ ones the Travis Scott golf version so man I am loving the olive color but here's a nice little nice little host read for you from Swannies. so if you're the one always sneaking that swing oil past the marshal and passing around the birdie juice for no actual reason, we might have a match made in golf heaven. Swanee's Golf is routinely serving up the most innovative styles, and they aren't phoning it in during the holidays because they've got festive, cozy, and functional is the theme of their latest gear. Those lucky enough to get in some cold weather rounds shouldn't have to feel like they're bundled up like Randy from A Christmas Story. Check out those layers, beanies, and other year-round performance gear, whether you're tossing a football after Thanksgiving dinner or tossing a club into the woods after three-putting for a loss on the 18th. Swanee's has the freshest looks to easily transition from the regular life to the golf course or vice versa. Like a swing coach for your style, Swanee's is an instant upgrade. Whew. Man, sign me up. <laughs> well, pull hook golf 25, everybody, is the promo code to Swanee's.com. Get 25% your entire order and support the pull hook golf podcast. But Blake, welcome on to the show, man. How you doing? Man, Cookie, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. It's a... Uh been a long time since i've seen your face and it's great to hear your voice well i'll tell you this much i i i normally don't have a beard like this but i'm in the whole no shave november which i was at like a corporate event and i had to shave underneath the neck so i don't know if that's cheating or not um but this is the hairiest that i've been in a really long time uh, the wife didn't love it to begin with but she's in on it now so we're doing well but uh, let me give the audience a quick background to how we know each other because we used to play on the same golf team good old gcu baby oh i i, I went with the asu i've been going to too many too many tailgates but uh, we got the lopes <laughs> Um, you know, we used to always go over to the football games over at ASU, but GCU Lopes, we both played on the golf team and boy, oh boy, let me tell you folks, if you want to see a lefty swing, a golf club, that impact position 
it is good for Mr. Blake Parks because he ended up going to Q school and making it to uh, what what stage of Q school did you get to to earn your Corn Ferry tour card or nationwide tour at the time? Well, I was I think I was one of uh, the end of the day. I think I was nine nine guys that had to go through prequal that made it all the way through prequal to finals. So made it all the way down to uh, Orange County National down in Florida. And back then it was good. You know, we could we could uh, play for a PGA Tour card. So top 25 made it to the show. So that was the incentives were there back in the day. It's not a it's definitely not the same route uh, as it used to be. But, you know, it was it was nice getting a getting a crack at that you know, while you're playing good golf. So you, when you, when you get to finals and you're playing good, just about anything can happen. Right. So. Absolutely. I mean, you obviously played really well, got hot at the right time. Ninth man, you were, how how many slots were make it to the PGA tour at that time? Well, I I was, like I said, I was one of, uh, there was nine of us. Okay. That out of all the qualifiers that that made it to finals, there was nine of us that actually had to start through prequal. Mm. So I had to go to prequal before I even went to first stage. Oh snap! So went to uh, went to prequal in Nebraska, and and you know I think I think my worst round in finals was my my very first round of prequal. So and somehow grinded through ended up finishing like third or fourth in prequal went out to california for first stage uh back to golf club of houston which was redstone back in the day where they uh used to have the shell houston open that was second stage and next thing you know i get in right on the number um uh thanks to Chez revy thanks Chez, for uh <laughs> for for having a a rough rough day that last day but uh yeah, Orange County was was a battle. You know, you go six rounds back then, and to be honest with you, I do not think it got over 50, 55 degrees that week in Orlando. So, I mean, I don't know when the last time they had frost delays out there, but um, it, it was probably when we were there for uh, – PGA Tour Finals in in 2000 in 2009. So man, I used to go to the PGA show in January every year and people that think Orlando doesn't get cold, those mornings waking oh. up and getting out there and just even going from the car into the convention center was an absolute nightmare some of those years. I remember. So I know it gets cold there for sure. And then how many stages were there in total? Um well, I there's a lot of guys that fell into uh, the 125, 150 category. So they were automatically into second stage. So for me, okay. I had to go through three qualifying stages before I just to meet up to with finals. them, just to, just to catch up with them. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was really wild getting to getting to play with guys like Danny Lee and Byron Smith and, and, and the fields are just loaded with first team all Americans at first stage that are, that are, you know, trying to take a crack at this thing. And so it really became just a, uh, a mind over matter deal. Just try to shoot a couple under par every time you tee it up and a couple under par at, at some of these venues, it'll take you a long way. It seemed like that was the number to get through to advance was just trying to, just trying to not make mistakes and, 
next thing you know, you just get in a little groove and, and, you know, I didn't practice a lot in between stages. It was, it was more of a, just a mindset of, of just what do we got to do to get it done? You know, I mean, it was, it was, it was a grind, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you think, you know, you, you space out three qualifying stages over two months, you know, you just try to got to stay in the moment and stay in that mindset because a lot of guys, you know, I was lucky enough to, to have some sponsors to go out to the gateway tour and, and, and compete out there. And man, I can make cuts out there, but I can never win on the gateway tour. I mean, we're having to shoot anywhere from 15 to 20 under, you know, at desert mountain, you know, every, every other week. So I tell people on the mini tours, <laughs> it is a, it, I felt like it was more of a grind on the mini tours because especially when I played on the Butch Harmon Vegas tour, we had a guy there locally who would always be, I mean, he won the majority of the events. I, I'm, I won't throw out his name because I, I have shit on him in regards to the fact that whenever he got like an exemption into a PGA tour event, the guy couldn't fucking break 80. Like he was an absolute nightmare. It was like 84, 85. We'd all be watching like to see what he does and everything. And he shit himself out there. But you bring him back into Vegas because he grew up in Vegas. He played all of those golf courses, knew him by heart. But he'd be out there shooting 61, 63, 63 in a three day event. You're like, holy shit, how am I going to touch? this oh, that's God. freaking insane it sounds just like uh jesse bueller and charlie belgian kendall yeah. Critchfield, um uh ben wall uh Bicer. like where is that guy ben wall <laughs> like like that dude when they get hot it's game over man so it was one of them deals where you know you learn how to make cuts i found myself like practically on the number every single week on the gateway tour so <laughs> i think the very first Gateway Tour event I played. I shot a pair of 69s and missed a cut. So it was like R.I.P. Oh. by the way to the Gateway Tour. That was that was a great tour that was out here. We used to have the Pepsi Tour out here. Yeah. Now they had the two tours. That was the Outlaw Tour and I forget what the one in California was called. The Golden State Tour or it the was. Golden Coast Tour or something like that. Golden, well, they Bear, merged. Golden Bear Tour. So those merged together yeah. and became the Asher Tour. So now okay. there's just the Asher Tour, uh, which hopefully um, I'm looking to potentially play in an event or two coming up, uh, moving into next year. So we shall see. But um, it is, I mean, you you pay attention to the scores and you see some of the names on there. Like Tom Lehman was out there not that long ago playing on the Asher Tour, mm -hmm. <laughs> like just sharpening up the blades, I guess. I don't know. But um, it, if anybody hasn't been able to tell, by the way, Blake Parks is from Odessa, Texas. That accent, man, that has not changed in ever since I've known you going all the way back to college. But the one thing and the reason why I think you did so well through all of those stages of Q school is not because you got hot at the right moment. That has to happen, right? But the mindset, because you were one of these guys that had the mindset that you were never giving up. You... I same thing with women. You would just never give up. You would go, and if you got turned down, you were right on to the next one. And you had you had this mental capacity <laughs> that I'm just like I was jealous of at the time because I'm like, damn, how do you go out and get rejected or you know have a bad round and then come right back and 
play really well and have that and just repeat that. So I give you kudos on that one because you had a strong mental mindset. Did you ever do any mental work outside of, I think we had a GCU that one time. Remember the sports psychologist that came in? I do. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, I never really did think any. You just had a natural of, mindset then just to like, let it go and move on. I mean, I, I was always a guy that, that never, ever, ever was the best, but I would peek up there. I would, I would, I would start, you know, I would start tapping in at the right moment. So, it was always playing with guys that were, that were, I felt like they were much more talented, you know, than I ever could be, but I knew what it kind of took to kind of get to that next level. And, and, and it was, it was almost one of them deals where, Hey man, if I, if I can beat these guys in my group or if somebody gets hot and I can just keep up with them, you'll find yourself in contention in these tournaments, man. It's uh it's one of them deals where, you just you can't really get too in, involved in uh, in getting freaked out. And a lot of guys get shook. I've seen so many first team All Americans that that they they just tap out, man. And, and well, I would shit myself on the first tee of every pro event I'd ever played. Oh, I was yeah. so damn nervous. Same. That's why... if, you're, if you're not nervous, man, um, you know this. I don't know. There, there's. Hang on I a second, we... though. This guy here. That guy doesn't look nervous. That guy looks like Phil Mickelson's brother, potentially, because you're a left, lefty as well. And then this guy, and then this guy. I mean, they absolute just that guy right there. That guy does not look like he uh, he's afraid at all. That was on the first tee at the University of Georgia course in a Corn Ferry tour or nationwide tour event. I got in a lot of shit for wearing that Odessa Country Club hat. Um, <laughs> you know, Adams Golf came up to me and said, "Hey, what's the deal with this hat, man?" Like, and I said, "Well, you know, it's the same deal that's on the bag, man." So you got cut me a little slack here. You know, I was, I was feeling good that morning. The hat looked good with the outfit, and 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 I do remember that tee shot. I was I was playing with uh, Brett Weldman, uh, Camilo Vajegas' old caddy. Oh no, kidding. Uh, Brett Waldman. And okay. um and I remember, man, I do remember that tee shot. I nailed that some bitch right down the <laughs> middle. <laughs> that is not surprising at all. And by the way, everybody, Blake Parks is a hell of a time in Las Vegas. I'm just gonna say that and just leave it there. He is a hell of a time in Las Vegas. <laughs> He's waving me off. He's like, no stories. No stories. No, we, we won't get into the storytelling, but man, what a character you are, man. And what a grinder of the, of just golf. And I always remembered you as well as being the guy that would step up at the right moments, which as a teammate, you love to have that because you know, Hey, if this is going to come down to a wire to wire type of thing, like whenever there was a qualifier, because we, we were seven, eight guys deep on that Grand Canyon university team and whenever there was a qualifier or anything like that, you knew you were going to be making it because you were just clutch in those moments. I mean, I remember one time you got to go play Mesa Country Club and uh, ended up, I think you put put in like a 63 or 64 um, in that qualifier in that one, which uh, that, that should automatically <laughs> qualify for any team. Well, so. that's, hey, that's right. When I moved out to Arizona, um, you know, transferring from, from University of Houston, um, that's right. You were at Houston before GCU. 
I was, and um, and and got to play a year at Odessa Junior College and won a national championship there. I think that was probably the best team that that I was able able to be a part of. Um, we had uh, Aaron Manning. Uh, he's a local out there in Arizona, and we had a bunch of Canadians on our team: Scott Lowen, Terry Riley, and and Ryan Vallelli. Uh, his brother Dale Vallelli, actually the uh, the uh, what is his uh the dale trail on instagram he's the king oh, of the pork. Even... he's the king of the pork missile man he uh <laughs> he he uh caddied for uh for abraham answer for years so you know i was always i was always able to to feed off the teammates and then getting out to arizona everything just tightened up i mean desert golf yeah the reason why i went out and shot you know 63 that day i remember it actually out at mesa country club you know, there's no desert out there. It's a tree line golf course. You know, I can shape it out of the trees just fine, you know, and, and you can't really shape it, you know, out no. of, a, out of a jumping choy. It took, <laughs> so, it took me a year to figure out desert golf. I'm like, Oh shit, absolutely. I can't spray the golf ball. Like no. off the tee, it was always, especially in the Northeast, you just freaking bomb it. You, you just let it go. Absolutely. And, uh, Sure enough, yeah, you can't do that in the desert. You end up in a choya, like you said, get some needles in your ass, and it's not fun when you got some needles in your ass. No, and, and it usually ends up in uh, in in triple or quad. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know I, it was so crazy because I remember those qualifiers. I was like, how am I ever gonna get? You know, I was like, just put me on the travel squad. I'll be all right if we go anywhere. But these godforsaken desert courses man because <laughs> you know when whenever we're qualifying that like i mean australia mountain wasn't it was pretty wide open but you know i got my good taste of desert golf at los Cendas, and i'm just like oh my gosh like it's still to this day i mean i don't know how mark hensby and even like belgian and those guys like those guys have shot like i've heard of them shooting 12 13 under like Charlie Belgian's yeah. still doing it. I mean, he's playing uh, on the Asher Tour. He, yeah. He's up there on the leaderboard. I've been paying attention. So it's uh, pretty crazy to see some of these guys that are just, you know, still getting after it, still going out there, still putting up the numbers, still right. living that dream. And uh, I do want to say that there is one one comment on the uh, on Millions right now from a Marcus Cervantes. I don't know if you know who that is, but he says, let's go, Coach! Exclamation go mark. Coach. So He's a... Uh... He's part of the coach's office on my group chats, man. Shout out to Marcus and 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 Tony and Big E and everybody over there in Big Spring, man. I I I, I assume you guys are watching. So <laughs> there yeah, you go. Man. And uh shout out to Trace, man. Uh so uh Trace is a little junior golfer out of Big Spring, Texas, and probably has one of the prettiest golf swings like, you know, I, I I've seen in a long time for a junior golfer, if not the best. So you got to be looking out, world, for for little for little Trace, man. I'm and, gonna remember uh, that name. Yep, Trace Rodriguez. So his coach, uh, his coach is actually out there in San Diego. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's a guy that's coaching uh, uh, Vic, uh, the amateur Vic out of University of Texas. Um, he's he's coaching some other big names too. So Trace will be up there, man. He's uh, you know. The kid's only 11 years old, and huh. at his home course, he's shooting under par pretty consistently. So it's, it's pretty fun to watch. Hell, you love to see that. in this golf tournament right here. 
the United Way not too long ago. And I don't think I had to putt on on the whole back nine. I mean, this guy just this little, you know, junior over here. Just, oh, the kids. They they're oh, fearless, man. Dude. They're hitting the back of the cup on every putt. They've never seen a putt that they're not aggressive with. I mean, it was fun to watch, but what was more fun was watching our playing competitors just like saying, Good God, like <laughs> like this this ain't even, you know. So that's I mean, that's where you get the kick out of it, you know. That's awesome. Now, Blake, <laughs> let's go ahead and move into our analysis of the PGA Tour events that have been going on. So we just finished up. I love the name, by the way, of the last tournament, Butterfield. The Butterfield Bermuda Championship. I mean, if anybody should be playing in a Butterfield, it should it should be you with your nice little butter cut that you hit. Uh, but uh, that being said, actually, hang on a second. Do you still hit a butter cut? I do still hit a buttercut. Okay. I do. I do. I, I, I try to. Uh, wanted to keep try, the facts straight, you know. I I hit the buttercut, and I still feel like I can I can get up and down out of a out of a paper bag, you know. Yeah, and you you had the some short game. The short, man, game, the short game was good. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I grew up, you know, analyzing Phil Mickelson and trying to just mimic everything that he did, being lefty. Um, you know, hitting that hitting that spinner from super low to the ground from 10 to 15 yards out. Just, I mean, I was always just trying to spin the ball backwards. That's the only thing I cared about going up to, you know, putting, you two balls, putting two balls in the bunker, you know, and watching one shoot straight out. And like, I mean, it goes all the way down to just hitting hundreds and hundreds of balls every single day. And it's what it takes. It's, yeah, so... It's it's an absolute grind, but uh, and one of the guys who has been on the grind is welcome back Camille Vijegas, which back to back weeks, and I I don't know if a lot of people, I mean most golf fans that were watching the tournament and so forth know the story about his daughter Mia. She mm. passed away from brain cancer, tragic, tragic loss. And him and his wife went through a really, really tough time, but they stuck by each other and they got through it, man, because, and even recently he started working with a mental performance coach. And I can't mm-hmm. say it enough that how important that aspect to a team really is especially to be at the highest level which i've talked about uh previously on the podcast where i got some heat for it i mean bobby wanted to uh, stab me in the eyeball when i said that uh um scotty scheffler is a choke artist but i'm not trying to be a dick about it it's the fact that under pressure he misses those short putts and i really think he needs somebody in his crew i mean Happened at the Masters, even though he won it, four-putting on the last hole. I mean, he almost had a breakdown before he won it. That that was widely kind of publicized, but I don't want to get too far in around Scotty Scheffler going back to Camilla Villegas and really overcoming that tragedy and everything. It's just an incredible story. He was on a nine-year drought. Could you imagine oh, being okay. on a nine-year yeah. drought and he lost his tour card last year and had to go He was in the booth. Play. He was call- he was calling. Yeah, he was booth, doing right? analysis work, but he That's also right. went and he instead of just going fully into the booth, he decided to play a year on the Corn Ferry Tour. And just take exemptions and spo- or sponsors' exemptions when he could, or spots mm-hmm. into PGA Tour events. And sure enough, 
got hot at the right moment these past two weeks have been phenomenal to watch him because he was one of my favorite players. I mean, doing the Spider-Man, whole Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah, baby. Come on. Exactly. You know, I think he said it best. Um, I thought he would be a lot more emotional, right? But I think he almost kind of reborn himself with the game of golf and just let it come to him. Some days you just got to look in the mirror and say, Hey, I'm Camilo Vajekis, man. Like at the end of the day, you just have to throw everything out and, and accept what's happened and, and just move forward. And I think for some reason he, he was able to let all that go and something just happened. A light went off somewhere, whether it was talking, uh, talking with the mental coach or or any of his team members that was that was just in his side I mean he has to have a hell of a support group because I mean to come out to come out of those types of clouds and and damn near win back-to-back weeks I mean that's saying something I mean the field the field at the Butterfield was a little a little buttery but (laughs) a little buttery you know but at the end of the day you're playing against the best players in the world that are willing to play that week. Right. So, yeah. and golly, man, uh, you got to tip your cap to Camilo. It's incredible what he did. And the fact that you just referred to it is that he was almost reborn to where it took the pressure off of him. And he was, he just went out and played and he said it, he said that, you know, he was, he was trying too hard. And that's a tough thing for a lot of golfers to understand but there was a LPGA tour player a while back that I heard an interview with, and she said it the best. You have to practice like golf is the most important thing in the world. And then when you actually play, you have to yeah. play like it means absolutely nothing to you. That yeah. in order to swing freely, play your game. And I feel like Camillo got to that point to where he finally broke through in that sense that he didn't put all of that pressure on himself and just allowed himself to go out there and play because that dude has so much talent. It's insane. Mm. I mean, I mean, he can hit that. He can hit that knockdown, you know, about as good as anybody in the game. Let's be honest. I mean, his stingers, I mean, before Gary, before Gary Woodland got that stinger down, I think Camila was, you know, at the top of, of flighting that golf ball. I mean, he's got the perfect little pause at the top. Um, it looked like his swing's getting a little shorter. We're all getting older, but I mean, the guy's kept himself in good shape. It looks like his range of motion is still all there. I don't see Camilo Vajegas going anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know, I don't want to go ahead and jump into this week, but he, uh, with the course that they're going to be facing two courses that they're going to be facing this week. It's all about finding the fairway. So I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw his name in contention this week as well. Wow. Save, save, save that for a minute because we're going to be getting into that and we're going to be picking your brain certainly when it comes to the RSM classic, but just to give everybody a little bit of a rundown too, in regards to the leaderboard, there were some names up there that uh, I haven't really recognized lately. I mean, Alex Norin, Bobby Brown's a big fan of Alex Norton, been talking about him, that he's such a great player. I can't believe that he hasn't won a PGA Tour event yet, um, but he finishes second. He was going into the final round with the lead. Matty Schmid, have you ever heard of this kid? I'm looking at his name right now. <laughs> I've never heard of him. Yeah, um, 
I kind of just was paying attention to how you kind of you can tell how a guy plays emotionally just by looking at the scorecard. The guy's good. Obviously, the guy doesn't have much flaws in his game right now. I saw back in uh, maybe this time last year, you know, we're going probably 10 events, 12 events back. Even when he was playing on the other tour, you know, he was having a bumpy ride, but something's happened with Matty Smith, and it looks good. His scorecard looks good. He doesn't make a lot of bogeys. Um, I haven't personally seen him him hit the ball or even looked at a swing video, but on just the outside looking in, just by looking at the scorecard, the guy's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, and and he's he's starting to be kind of a hot topic. I actually played him quite a bit last week, so okay, I, I wasn't too disappointed with with Schmidt. So there you go. And then Carl Yuan, our 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 China man. <laughs> I mean, my God, he he's just swinging out of his shoes over there. But you know what's funny? <laughs> people people pick on his swing because obviously he likes twirls around as he finishes oh, his goddamn great. golf swing it's insane it's he I, I think he does it to be like a showman i don't think that that was something that he just naturally did i think like scotty scheffler with his dancing feet i could see that but like carl Yuan, like i feel like he embellished a little bit of that finish and now All it right. just works for him but slow down his swing and take a look to where he heads into impact because it's in a perfect damn slot. Like oh, he is, I mean, he's, he's not a joke anymore, folks. Like I know a lot of Instagram and stuff like that kind of took light of him when the first video started coming out of his swing and everything. And even the PGA tour, I believe this week posted something about, uh, what do you think about his golf swing? And I'll just say this. I think it's great. I think he puts it in the slot, and really what he does after impact, I don't really give a shit about. What do you think? I mean, the guy, it's it's funny you say that because, I mean, his, his you know, 8 o'clock to, his, you know, his 8 o'clock to 6 o'clock movement is there. Uh, it, it looks, it looks trippy. You know, I just, I, I like watching him because I don't know what movie he's about to pull next. And that's why I like him, but he don't know if he's going to fall over. He can make a lot of birdies though. I mean, hell, I think the guy apparently his wedge game is pretty stout too, because he's hold like the last like few times I've seen him up there on, you know, in contention, he's dunked a few from the fairway, you know? And by the way, folks, if you haven't picked up on it yet, Blake is a great golf gambler and he bets on these DraftKings teams because you were saying that you had Matty Schmidt on your team a couple times. So I just want to bring the audience up to speed in regards to what you're referring to with that. I knew what you were talking about, but I'm like, hang on a second. Let me just let the audience know you're talking about these DraftKings deals to where you make good money whenever you're betting. And I mean, whenever I've talked with you a little bit, you're like, Oh, I just won this last week. I just won this. I just won that. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive what you've been able to do with just identifying these people. And we'll get into it for the RSM classic because we do have a little segment that's called betting by Blake. But, um, without further ado, I'll go back to you with, uh, Carl, you on, man, I don't know with Carl. Um, I need to see some more uh, consistency out of Mr. Yuan. <laughs> and there's nothing consistent about that swing, but 
nothing know, at all. And and a lot of these deals, you know, I don't I don't play the big games. You know, I I, I I'll do the I'll do the two hundred dollars single entry and 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 the hundred dollars single entry. You know, and it's hard to get a good gauge on it. You know, right now, but I'm a guy that is always playing the guys that are that are like, what have you shown for me lately? Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's, there's horses for the course, obviously, but, um, you know, I have a few friends over in Midland, Texas that, that play the DraftKings on a whole different level. And, and, uh, he's probably, if not one or one of the best DraftKings golf players in the world. So, um, I believe he's won, he's won the Millie, Three times, two, two or three oh, times. Oh, this and is the gentleman you were talking about. Which, I did. Uh, I did mention. We might I, need to. We might need to bring him on the pod just to, I, uh, you know, give the audience a little insider oh, scoop man. for golf. It, it's it's crazy. He will he will ride Brooks Kepka at Augusta, <laughs> you know, and everybody will just fade him. And he's like, I'm taking Brooks. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, hell, he named his kid Brooks. Okay, you know? so, big, big Brooks fan. <laughs> So, he, I mean, Brooks has done well for him over the years. So, you know, I like, I like to ride, I like to ride Cameron's coattail on that aspect. It makes it fun for me to to talk golf and, and, you know, throw him a couple picks. And if they hit, man, it's just great. So that's awesome. Now, continuing down the leaderboard rundown, we've got uh, Adam Scott. I was way off on last week. I figured since he hasn't been playing, came over, Boston Common Golf, he's on that TGL team, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he would be tired. Now, he is the adamant professional. I mean, just a guy that is consistent. His golf swing, we all know, is the mm. prettiest thing on the planet. Mm. But Adam Scott finishes T5. Um, a surprising one with him at T5, which is Ryan Moore. Good to see him back in the top 10 guy who used to never use a range finder or take a yardage from his caddy you just eyeball it those times have changed but um good to see yeah, him back up there absolutely uh i i think cameron had him uh in the thunderdome last week um explain you know, what is the thunderdome i think it's the it's either the the 20 the 26000 entry dollar entry uh, they have a $5,300 entry. So yeah, we definitely yeah. got to talk to this Cameron guy because why in the world did you have insights that Ryan Moore was going to play well? That's what I would like to know. Then we got Stuart sink at seventh. Um, just, you know, bringing up an old name and then the kid that I am very high on because I saw him out here at Greyhawk during the NCAA championships is Fred Biondi. This kid is good. Florida. No, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, Fred Biondi. He was the North Carolina kid. Just an absolute stud. He finishes T thirteen. Uh-huh. Um, so he has he's become a pro now and uh, trying to make a run at it. So Fred Biondi, keep an eye out for him because that kid can play and the PGA tour is already aware because they're already posting social media clips about him. So when that starts happening, you start to know pretty much right away. Cause he had one shot on Instagram to where he hits the shot and he's waiting for the applause in order to know like how yeah, far away the ball is from I've the hole. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, saw yeah. it, <laughs> <I> <laughs> which saw was that. pretty cool. 
but yeah, PGA Tour is already on to that. I always talk about, you know, I hate it when guys win for the first time and the PGA Tour has done nothing for them in terms of promotion. I feel right. like that's what the PGA Tour is supposed to do. You're supposed to promote and prompt up. The UFC does a f- fantastic job of doing that with all new names and everything that are constantly flowing through, building up the next Conor McGregor in so many ways. Right. So uh, that being said, let's move into the upcoming RSM Classic. Past winner last year, Adam Svensson. Good old Svenny. Svenny? Golly, Svenny? you know, Svenny's he's not playing that bad right now either. Um, I, I don't I've always been I've always been the one to say that you know, the guy that won last year is not going to win it this year. I, I mean, I can't, I, I would love to see a stat on that, but I don't think anybody has gone back to back years since, since KH Lee won the Byron Nelson back to back. I think I might be right. So, you know, if you want to talk about Svensson, I like that you said I might be right. <laughs> I might be, I might be. So the, um, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about Spencer, the guy, the guy is good from TD Green. Um, you know, speaking of speaking of Dale Valelli, he used to caddy for Spencer as well. Um, he struggles with the putter from ten feet and in. The guy, guy has a rough time scraping him in from short short ranges on the greens. So, um, you hate this to see week, it. hey, these guys, he's a PGA Tour winner, man. He's doing something right. So, <laughs> touche. Uh, This tournament's a little bit different from a field analysis standpoint because we've got 13 players in the top 50 playing this week. So this is a much stronger field. We've got some notables in there. Siwoo Kim, he's player's champ, bro. So just understand that. You don't like him this week, all right? You got Adam Svensson, which he's in the top 50. But like you said, back-to-back winner, maybe not so much. You got Cameron Young coming playing this week, and you got – Good old from the Open Championship, or as I like to refer to it as, the good old British Open. Uh, We got Brian Harmon, who uh, is going to be playing this week as well. But now let's get into our segment, Betting by Blake. Blake, who do you like this week? You gave gave some wave-offs on some of those names. I mean, look, man, we're we're playing two different courses this week, so... Um, that being said, you really got to lean on the locals. Um, sea, sea Island is a hub where a lot of good golfers play golf. So we're playing the plantation course. Um, they're going to play it at par 72, I believe. And that stroke average over there is around 69 and a half. You know, it's playing, it's playing, you know, a little bit easier than uh than the seaside course so the seaside course is is par 70 um it's averaging about one under par so i think really the guys that are comfortable with playing two different courses um the goal is just try to get that six for six on on dk right so i mean if you want to get down to to guys who i mean if you go like say top like like who are your top 10 i mean it's hard for me not to even though he hadn't been playing, I don't think he's going to be highly owned. I, I, I could be very wrong though when percentages come out though, but I think Russell Henley's, you know, Russell mm. Henley's going to be a Bulldog. Tough, 
tough cookie to crack out there. And there's, you know, you also got Billy Horschel, man. That's coming off of coming off of the great end of the last season. You know, I mean, after his, you know, I mean, he had his interview and just, I mean, you saw, you saw how much he cares about this game and. Well, and you know something interesting that a lot of people don't realize is that went back to his longtime caddy in Micah. And so uh, Micah ends up uh, going back onto his bag. That's what freed up S.H. Kim for Bobby Brown to go take the bag for him. So him and and that was a call that was tough because S.H. Kim is on the rise, young rookie. And Billy called up Micah and was like, hey, will you come back? And he decided to do that. So Billy's got that familiar face again. Um, Those two obviously have some rapport. And I definitely think that that could play a factor as well. But he's a Southeastern guy. And he just became part of Atlanta Drive GC that we'll be talking about with uh, the good old TGL update after this. But, um, yeah, continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, man. Uh, You know, with this week, Getting it in the fairway is just, it, it's so crucial out there at these two courses. So if you're not hitting, if you're not hitting from the fairway, you're going to, I mean, you're going to go home on Friday. It's, it's that simple. So I'm thinking, I mean, you got to get him while it's hot. Like Brennan Todd's playing great golf right now. I don't think Adam Long, I don't even know when Adam, the last fairway Adam Long missed. Um, Denny, Denny's going to be ready to go. Um, our boy from, from Texas tech up here, uh, Ludwig. I mean, he, even, Mm. even though he's pricey, I mean, it's still worth a shot. You know, if he gets dialed in, he's going to be right there. Um, we also got, you can't throw out Harris English and, and, and Matty Schmidt. And, you know, for, for those guys that I think that could win the tournament, I, I mean, Oh, so you're high on forget about Matt Kuchar. Uh, see, I, I was hoping that you were going to leave him off so that I could razz you a little bit here because Cooch is a Sea Island guy, man. Yeah, I mean, you cannot forget about Matt Kuchar this week. The guy is 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 got his game in shape. Um, I know that he was going through some equipment changes a little bit last year. So yeah, but these last couple of weeks, I mean, oh. from Cabo to Bermuda to now this, I mean, yeah. he's playing some really, really good golf. And I think, you know, remove in Cabo, the karma from him, not paying his caddy years back. When he won in Mexico. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So that know? was karma when he made that quad and he had a six shot lead. That was just karma folks. So I got a feeling that Matt Kuchar <laughs> is going to play really, really well this week because that karma's done. You know, the golf gods have repaid him for that. Yeah. Now granted, yeah. he did go back and pay the guy after all the publicity and everything, like he gave him the amount he should and everything, but still there was that karma out there that he shouldn't have had to been told to do the right thing. So right. karma, it's all, it's a, it's a wash now. So I'm in on Kucher this week. I like, you know, Kucher. when you, when you give him a hundred thousand pesos, it's a little different than a hundred thousand bucks. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he didn't think, he didn't think the local caddy knew. Yeah, oh. you know, well, green, right? But no, you can't leave out Cooch this week. Absolutely not. And I think we've got to peel off over here to some sleepers, man. Uh, Ooh, let's run them down. 
I mean, there, there's guys you gotta have these guys in your lineup. I thought that, Marty or Maddie Schmidt was your sleeper. Well, I mean, he's not becoming that much of a sleeper. I think he's gonna be very highly owned. But um, we need to talk about a guy that's been playing some good golf, and that's Chesson Hadley. Chesson Hadley, Chesson Hadley's been playing well. I think he's, I think he's made like seven straight cuts and back to back top tens. I um, saw him and, out at the Shriners when I was out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and the guy, the guy can make some birdies, man. His putter gets hot, he'll get that snap going, <laughs> you know. And and uh, and Davis Thompson is another Georgia Bulldog. The guy's mm. playing good right now. Um, Taylor Pendrith, another guy that that is starting to peak up. You know, I think his game's starting to take form. I think he's he's uh, can hold it back and get it in the fairway. And then when he needs to send one, the guy can absolutely pound it. So Vince Whaley playing some good golf right now. Will Gordon. I mean, these guys. Wow, you are throwing out some dark horses. I like this. And then Nate, I mean, Nate, I think Nate Lashley. I mean, Nate, dog, the guy, he just doesn't ever really let me down when I put him in a lineup, man. Yeah, he just needs his Warren G, you know? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Get a little regulators out there. And and I think another long shot that that'll be that could that could potentially kind of maybe finish top 20 would probably be this week maybe David Lingmurth. Oh, Lingmurth. I like that. I haven't haven't uh, seen a lot of him recently, but I I do his game is conducive to hitting a lot of fairways. So I like Yeah, that. I mean he plays kind of a similar game to Russell Knox. Um you know, he hits it really straight. And um, but man, he's been struggling with the putter. He's got some funky stuff going on with that putt and choke right now. So if 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 those uh if those demons can go away, you might see some uh David Lingworth popping up here in the next couple of weeks. It seems like everybody who's got something funky going on with their putting stroke goes to one of those lab putters. Oh, and those gosh, things, yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, well, they they have all the science and everything backing it and whatnot. But, I mean, there, there's there been back and forth between, you know, the traditionalists over blade putters opening and closing versus those that remain square. But it certainly works for guys that there are certain types of guys that don't putt well with traditional putters. Go to those and all of a sudden, they're good putters. So <laughs> Lucas Glover, <laughs> Lucas Glover, <laughs> Adam Scott. I mean, you've got Camillo Villegas who just yep. won. He went to it, and I, I kind of like the look of that blue one. Uh, the blue, the almost looks like an M head. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a transformer man on the. Yeah, you know, but you know, Chesson Hadley doesn't. That guy, he uses a regular old two ball, and. He rolls it, man. And that's the thing. If you roll it with a blade putter, you don't really need to go. I'm sorry, Lab, if you're listening, but uh, you don't need to go to a weird putter just to go try it. I feel like SH Kim is in that boat right now where every week Bobby's like, he grabbed another putter from one of the manufacturers on the putting green again. And it's just like, dude, just let it be. Pick a stick and rock it for a while. God, the guy, SH Kim's got such a good golf swing. Like the the impact in the fairways is just so pure, it's it is up there with the best ball strikers in the world, because standing next to him and walking, 
hole by hole with him in a practice round at the Shriners, I was just like, how does this kid not win every single week? But then they, golf is golf. They've been talking about this guy for a long time that he's going to, that he's going to crack the code, you know, and I, I don't see, I don't see how he hadn't done it with that golf swing. I know he, well, he's mark my words. He's going to be the best South Korean. Uh, he's going to be better than Sung Jae and Siwoo in my opinion, because he plays golf. He can work the ball both ways. I think mm. he gets in between as to what he wants to do on holes. And I think that's where Bobby is helping him come along in that way. Uh, but mm. it'll be interesting to see how he plays after his rookie season. You can tell he's not quite comfortable. I was talking to his agent, Danny L and his agent, Danny O is telling me at the, out there at the Shriners that, you know, the first year is really tough with the Koreans because you have to translate everything for them. He's like, you're basically. Are you a talking about Danny O Country Club Collection, Danny O? <laughs> Maybe. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know but Danny he, O. He's, he's out in your neck of the woods in Dallas, I believe. I do know Danny O. I had breakfast with Danny O. Um, he's the agent of the Koreans, man. He's got okay. all of them. I had breakfast with him uh, before my first match at the U.S. Mid Am a few years back. It was one of them deals where, you know, I had to tee off like, I don't know, it's kind of late. So I was like, you know what, we'll just go have breakfast and have some mimosas. You know, next thing you know, I'm on his Instagram saying, uh, Parks is four mimosas deep. Is he going to win today or no? <laughs> and like, I think like 78% clicked yes or something like that. And so I thought I got a kick out of that. Pull, pull a Joel Damon out there from the full swing documentary when all of a sudden he thinks he's out of the entire uh, U.S. Open qualifier, has a couple white claws, and then goes out and just lights it up. So, I mean, did you have the same result with the mimosas? I did. I, I mean, yeah. um, I had to play a very good golfer in the first uh, the first round of match play, and uh, I had to play Michael Collins, um, old school tour vet uh, from he's somewhere from from Indiana, Illinois, something like that. But um, but he was good, man. He played good golf, and I think I only beat him like two and one. And then you know, God forbid, I had to play Stuart uh, Stuart Hagestad the next round, and that dude's <laughs> a stud. Man, I did. Oh, I got my teeth kicked in by that guy, <laughs> and I, I think I got the match down to back down to like maybe two down, you know, after like eleven or twelve or ten holes or something like that. But I didn't give him my best stuff that day. And but man, that's it. That is not the guy to not have your best stuff. So yeah, that guy is pretty damn consistent. Let's put it that way. I mean, he wins just about every single time. And just across the wire right now, Rory McIlroy resigns as player director on the PGA Tour Policy Board. How about that? Breaking news here on the Pull Hook Golf Podcast with Matt Cook and Blake Parks. You got to be shitting me. What does that mean? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I'm trying to digest it as I just read it, but clearly that's going to be a big deal. I mean, he could do it just from a mental health standpoint and wants to get out of the spotlight a little bit and, you know, refocus on his golf. I can see that, but that's a pretty big deal when he just came out a couple days ago and said loose lips sink ships in regards to the whole piff deal 
Piff, mm. Piff the Magic Fund, I like to refer to them as, or Piff the Magic uh. Dragon. But uh, they just spew out fireballs of money, and <laughs> we will certainly talk about that in a second. You know, it sounded it sound like you had a conversation with Tiger Woods is what it sounded like. I, I digress. And what it um, sounds like, sorry, yeah. But yeah, Rory McIlroy resigns as player director on the PGA Tour Policy Board. You heard it second here, folks, because that came across on ESPN as we are on air. Um, But let's talk a little bit about Max Homa. Because Mm. Max Homa, kind of like Colin Morikawa to me, he's kind of an enigma. I don't, he's so good. And he's getting mm. the mental game now where he didn't really believe in his game. He got a couple wins and you, or after his first win, really, you started to see, okay, he's getting that confidence. And everybody has said it. Tiger has said it to where he's like, how does this guy not win so much more often? He's so talented, so good. But he goes over to the DP World Tour in South Africa and uh, wins that event. And I do have to ask you. What do you think of the bromance between Max Homa and Justin Thomas? Do you like it? I just don't know how long it's like been going on. I mean, I think uh, Ryder Cup. They were yeah, yeah. I was getting there, so I think, man. Speaking of Max Homa, dude, shout out Max Homa on his play at the Ryder Cup. He was the only guy that decided to show up. It absolute like, so. stud. He was so, terrified the first day, but really settled in. Yeah, and. And JT really didn't play that bad in the Ryder Cup either. I mean, he no. kind of that last match, you know, kind of the wind kind of came out of his sails, right? But um, oh, it's I tough don't... to carry Jordan Spieth on oh, your shoulders the entire. Oh fucking... my god! I think <laughs> I think I saw that their that their low ball score the day that they played four ball. I don't. I mean, it was bad. It was bad, bad. And Spieth couldn't find the center of the face. Oh no! I mean it. You know, here's my deal, man. With the Ryder Cup this year, when you when you take the boys' club up there and you leave Lucas Glover out, and you leave Keegan, Keegan Bradley. Bradley at home, yeah, yeah, there you go. Man. That was synchronized. That was synchronized right there. I know. Well done. And um, <laughs> we're on the same wavelength, baby. So, uh, golly, I mean, there's a few other guys that are just competitors that they didn't take. They 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 took the boys club up there and they got their asses just handed to them bad and 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 they got they got what they deserved so um i don't feel i don't feel one bit sorry for zach johnson and i was i was uh i was disappointed to always see or you know always disappointed to see the americans lose right but this year was just one of those years where i was like these guys got no chance yeah, it was very predictable in my opinion. I put all my money on the Europeans and one-handedly. Oh, man. That, that was easy money. <laughs> it really was. Now, going back to JT and Max Homa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long do you think that's going to last? You know, I don't know. I mean, because speed I mean, what, I mean, what are these guys going to be playing practice rounds with each other every single tournament? I mean, where is this going, right? Like, well, um, they've got the family photos out there. They were doing an African safari together. The wives obviously are getting along. I mean, it seems there you go. like I, hey, I think that's where I you hit it on the head. I I think the ladies are getting along. They must have had a little bonding moment out there in Italy at the Ryder Cup. Yep. And and I think that uh, that maybe they. Uh, 
are starting to become really good friends at the end of the day, you know, and then they go, they go across the pond again out in Africa. So it's more of a vibe thing. I think, I think it'll fade away a little bit, but um, I don't think they want to get too much attention on themselves. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I do kind of like it because there's so often it's Spieth and Thomas, Spieth and Thomas, Spieth and Thomas. goes back to them eating sandwiches as junior golfers. You know, I don't know how many goddamn times. I would be a rich man if every time they put up that picture, <laughs> like, I, just pay me pennies. Pay me in pennies every time they put up that picture. Still going to be a rich man. Because that is like the one photo they constantly just pump, 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 pump. I mean, the Netflix with the full swing documentary. Oh you got the two of them in the first episode flying around. Like, it's the most unrealistic thing ever compared to <laughs> the other 125 guys on the goddamn PGA Tour that are just grinding week in, week out, that are taking, like car rides to golf tournaments it's just it's an entirely different uh break which i shouldn't say that that's the majority of the pga tour a lot of guys fly on net jets or on wheels up two tournaments they've got a deal there but that's getting a little bit sidetracked but that does hey time out time out tom hoagie tom hoagie flew back commercial from sawgrass that's right that's right he did and and i and you know you can't leave out tom hoagie man that guy's pretty down to earth so yeah man old quintero golf club member back in the day when quintero out here in arizona was private okay yeah so i i mean i don't know between uh between jt and and homa it's just it's a phase i i mean i they're obviously going to continue to be friends. It's not like they're going to have a falling out. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe we might see, uh, JT have a, have a better year and, uh, they, they wind up in a playoff somewhere together. Well, there was the Netflix cup and I didn't know if we were going to talk about this or not, but before we get to the TGL, I do just want to mention since we're talking about full swing documentary, Max Homa, Justin Thomas. So the Netflix cup was today. I got blindsided by it. I forgot that it was like on a random Tuesday. I, I was getting ready for this show with you. And all of a sudden I got an alert that said, Hey, Netflix, uh, the Netflix cup is coming on at uh, four o'clock mountain standard time was like shit let me jump on this let me take a look and granted i wasn't super pumped on it because they're clearly just trying to merge two of their documentary series which is formula one drive to survive which again if you've been living under a sports rock then you probably don't realize that in las vegas this saturday is the most expensive race that i think i've ever heard of it's like three billion dollars that they repaved the entire strip of and built a formula one track around the Las Vegas strip, which is going to be absolutely sick, but they're in Vegas. They're at the wind golf course doing the whole thing. It was kind of a mess in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it was kind of fun. And I told you, I was like off air. I go, it's probably a lot of fun for people that aren't golfers that aren't golf fans, like to see this whole thing because they had a whole, where and by the way the teams were don't ask me who the formula one guys were because i don't follow it outside of like some i of couldn't the main tell guys. you I, yeah. I couldn't tell you but i saw some of the shots they hit today and oh, uh wasn't that, pretty that one guy i don't know his name uh 
he needs to stick to driving cars. <laughs> but JT was on a team. Uh, Tony Finau filled in for an injured Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, and then Ricky Fowler. So Max Homa and JT obviously came in on the red eye. Uh, flying in private right from South Africa, yeah. yeah, from South Africa, came in. Um, JT ends up winning it just to ruin it for anybody who didn't watch it. Uh, you didn't miss much, but what you did miss is that there was a Formula One hole. So the first hole, if you want to see golfers play speed golf, that was that was the first hole. I didn't so, catch the first hole. I caught oh, the tail end of it, but man, that one and then the uh, Squid Game hole. Did you see the Squid Game hole? Was that when the ladies, uh, yeah. the head turned around? The yeah, head yeah, yeah. spinning around. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in in Squid Game, you die if you move when that thing is, uh, when it's looking at you. So yeah. it's kind of a stop-go game. Uh, but anyways, that was the whole Netflix Cup. I, not much to really comment on with that whole thing other than good job kind of tying in all these different uh, Netflix. Actually, Burt Kreisner was the highlight for me of that entire thing. He was announcing. He's the comedian. Yeah. He did a fantastic job to where I'm like, wow. How about Skittles showing up? Oh, dude, Skittles. You know? He got lost. He kept wandering They lost him. They're like, hey, man, where's where's Marshawn at? And Kirster's like, he's high on some shit. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's in Vegas, man. You never know. So, (laughs) the uh, you know, what got me with that deal, I I don't know if this is going to be like a one-and-done type deal, but I only think you can actually pull that thing off at the wind with the sphere in the background. Anything else from now on, you know, with this with this uh, this live Netflix series, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty. It's like the Capital One matches, right? They they started so good, and then it started fading, and now like they still do them, and they do them with the pro athletes that are good at golf, but it's Mm -hmm. just like uh, I just I don't buy in as much anymore uh, with that Mm -hmm. whole entire thing. But let's talk. are Are you talking about live tour like that? No, 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 no. I, I love my live golf league. I'm a live lover now. Um, no, the uh, So let's talk a little bit about TGL and we will wrap up with uh, a live golf question for you. But the TGL, I was explaining this to you because you're like, what the hell is this TGL thing anyways? And I'm like, oh, it's for this real? indoor yeah. golf league to where the golfers, it's going to be in a stadium, an indoor stadium to where there's a golf simulator screen in front of you. You're hitting full shots into that. And then behind you is an actual green with about 40 yards worth of like short game. And there's going to be from what I know is that there'll be a laser that points down to where you are in the virtual world Mm -hmm. in reality. So you're going to place your ball where that tells you to, and then you're going to hit the shot as if you were playing it uh, wherever uh, in the golf simulator space. And that being said, you're going to play out the short game in real life, but it is a format to where they call it triples. I found out today it's called triples. Session one is six holes of triples. So alternate shot between three players. So that means Tiger Woods gets up, hits a drive. Whoever is on his team gets takes that second shot, hits that. Whoever the third player is hits that, and the fourth player can go fuck himself because he's not in. So I, I don't see uh, – <laughs> I got a hard time being a fan of this shit, right? Because, I mean, I mean, you're trying to tell me that – that we're we're playing virtual golf and it's gonna gather all this audience to see the best players in the world hit into a screen, and 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 
By golly damn it, they, that screen better be on point because if Tyrell Hatton's playing in that league and something don't go right, <laughs> everybody better look out, you know? So He's going to uh, be the first one to drop on there. Oh. oh, shit, this thing ain't accurate. That wouldn't have happened in real life. And oh, that's the gonna... thing to where that risk-reward of this entire league um, is it, it's a risk by a lot of – because there are – there's very few shots – in the technology now that don't track accurately. And the ones that didn't prior come in as an executive from that space. Um, and for the company that actually is doing this short game was always the one to where people would go, Oh, that's not so accurate. Well, oh, and yeah, the, short putting, the, the putting was just horrendous, which they cured that where they're going to have a real green, right? They're going to have real pitch shots and chips and bunkers mm-hmm. um, in there. So they're going to play real golf from that standpoint and then the virtual green will undulate based off of what the terrain is in the golf simulator so it'll be pretty cool from that standpoint but yeah the full swing stuff into the screen that is still going to be interesting but i thought it was going to be a home run until i saw the format and i'm a little questionable on the format now after the first session and i think they're doing it for tv time to try to make sure that it doesn't uh, take too long in order because they only have a two hour time slot. So they need to make sure they get through those matches. And that being said, the second six holes are match play. So that'll be, that'll be a little bit more traditional, but the timeout is a traditional timeout. So you can go timeout on these and uh, we're, we're going to see, I mean, I wonder they haven't announced yet if you can make a substitution or when you can make a substitution of a player. So if all of a sudden you've got your four guys, every shot in the alternate shot, can you pick who it is that is going to go up there and hit the next shot? That would be interesting to me. And that would add a little bit of strategy. We're going to have a two-minute warning with this thing. You know what I mean? It's like... (laughs) The other thing that caught me off guard, so before you kind of chime in on that, the other thing that caught me off guard are these squads getting announced when other squads don't even have players yet. Others have signed like one player, but Atlanta Drive GC where they're in um, Georgia this week for the PGA Tour event, and we're talking about Billy Horschel, he's going to be on the squad Patrick Cantlay is going to be on the squad and Mm. Lucas Glover is going to be on the squad. So that is the only, the second team that's fully announced at this point. So JT is the main guy. How do you think Patrick Cantlay is going to do playing second fiddle to Justin Thomas? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if they want to start needling one another, um, Patrick Cantlay can just say, Hey man, you know, the numbers don't lie. Check that scoreboard. Right. So, uh, (laughs) But JT's ceiling and his talent is there. His putter's not. I don't, you know, I don't think his his swing's probably not anywhere near where he wants it to be. I think he has a lot of expectations, putting a lot of pressure on himself. So um, I think that might be the only upper hand that JT will have on Patrick Cantley for a very long time. There you go. You heard it here first, folks, from Blake Parks. Ah. Love that. Now, as we talked about the TGL a little bit, I'm going to ask you this question. Are you a live golf fan? You know, I love the fact that these guys can get paid extraordinary amounts of money for their talent. 
I think the guys that got left out were real salty about it at first, you know, and then now they're together. Right. And, and, you know, you got to look at what Jay did and, and how he, you know, and a lot of these guys mind just kind of left a lot of people high and dry with no explanation. I mean, that's got to say a lot, right. Um, these guys over, you know, in Saudi, um, Piff the magic dragon, they got in fireballs of money. They got a lot of cabbage. And at yeah. the end of the day, the cabbage wins. So um, I didn't know dragons like cabbage, but you're right. <laughs> they did. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of them deals where I think, I think the guys that got really paid up front, man, way to go. Kudos. Like, you know, I mean, Phil Mickelson, that's a whole nother topic. Right. But, you know, even Bubba too. Uh, the one thing that I do you know, love about live is the fact that it was a decision made to basically say, look, man, I've got awarded this money from my prior play on the PGA tour. And now I'm finally getting paid. That's the way I look at it. So um, it's more of a, of like a reward tour compared to a trying to build the best tour in the world. I still think they got a long ways to go to even come close to, to having that competitive edge, you know, there's nothing funnier <laughs> on the live tour, you know, when a guy finishes 23rd and his team wins the, wins the team match and they're up there spraying champagne. Like they, like he just <laughs> won the damn tournament. Right. I mean, I get a kick out of that, but that um, is fantastic. I, and, <laughs> and when you brought that up to me off air, I do, I was dying. I'm like, that's so true. I yeah. do love that. But just, the team aspect doesn't, it, my team is the range goats. Everybody knows this who listens to the podcast. I love the range goats just because the logo is potentially the best logo in golf, mm. which there's not a whole lot of logos in golf, really, uh, yeah. that are teams. So range goats, best one on the live golf tour in terms of that. And I do like the pink and black, but that being said, the team aspect to it still leaves me high and dry. I would love yeah. to see two teams match up and go head to head. I kind you kind of get that in the team championship when they do that. But then the final team yeah. round or that last 18 holes of the four teams is just they go out and play once again. And it's like I think I, I think I think teams. there should be I think there should be two man teams and you can switch them up whenever you want. I mean you know, I would you love to kick, see more strategy. You can strategy kick, you can like kick a partner that. to the yeah. you can kick a partner to the curve. You know, if he ain't pulling his weight. I mean, Matthew and, Wolf. See you later, Brooks Kepka. It's yeah. gonna kick you out. There you go. I mean, I mean, golly. Yeah. So you're a live lover. Would you classify yourself as a live lover? You know, all my friends would say yes because I am preaching about live and the and the opportunities that they took. You know, I am a live lover because it did change these guys and uh lives financially for sure right i mean the guys that are you know getting put on the pip or i i you know not on the pip but i in <laughs> life the is, performance improvement plan <laughs> yeah i mean that's basically what it is you know you get put on the back end i see these guys that are potentially maybe about to be cut and i'm like well this is not what they signed up for promised you know or i don't know their guaranteed money either so um yeah i'm a live i'm a live fan man and 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 I like what they're doing, you know, for the game of golf and saying that there is other places to play other than the PGA tour. Okay. But, so hang on. I got to stop you there because there's one guy that I need to get your opinion on since you're ooh. a live lover and you watch live golf. 
Dustin Johnson, does he just look disinterested at this point? Like he could give two shits? Because I've heard his contract is three years. Do you think he's got one more and then he's just going to ride off in the sunset? We've talked about this a lot on this podcast. And it just, in that team championship, he would hit shots and just like, and they were good shots, but he would just be like, oh, okay, let's move on to the next. Man. Dustin Johnson's competitive edge, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, he's just, he just made so much yeah, he made damn a lot of money, money that, uh, that, uh, that's, that's one thing too, that, that is kind of, um, you know, when you pay a guy too much, he gets laxed out. Right. So, uh, I could see that happening to a few guys over there, and that's not good for the game, right? And but, we know DJ loves the luxury lifestyle. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got a he's probably got a pretty good looking lady at home, and uh, and he, he he likes going out there on his boat and doing a little fishing. And it's not a boat; that's a fucking yacht. <laughs> that's a that's a fucking yacht, coach, <laughs> and, for sure. And uh, I mean. You know, it's uh, what can you say, man? The guy, <laughs> the guy, all right, let's go way back to where he grounded his club mm, at Whistling PG- Straits at the PGA, right? At Whistling Straits, you know, and there's signs all over everywhere, over every bathroom stall, everything saying, Look, man, do not ground your club over there. It's considered a hazard. It was obviously posted everywhere. That was the word, right? And the guy goes over there, you know, <laughs> just yeah, Dustin Johnson move, you know, total uh, in space and cost him a major, right? So, Well, yeah, Bobby was caddying for him at the time. So he said that uh, he was yelling over to the official who was just sitting over there kind of clacking with uh, – I forget who it was in the group with them, but he was over there just, and they couldn't get his attention. DJ just went ahead and just fucking hit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's DJ for you. I mean, <laughs> we can talk, we could probably talk for days about, you know, some of the stories that, uh, you know, that I've, you know, I've heard about DJ from some pretty good sources, but. Oh, hey. I mean, there, there's plenty of, I mean, and a lot of them are factual, so we'll leave it at that. They're not bad. They're not bad stories. I mean, it's all good and fun, but the guy is—he enjoys know, the guy's just the guy is just loves to have fun. He is beyond good at what he does, and you know, I mean, the guy's just a full-blown athlete. Just a gosh damn. He's a stud. Player. I love the dude. Yeah, it's just—it's I mean, disappointing to see the lack of interest in that last event. Cause I, I watch every one of the live golf events. I, I, I like them. I, I had a tough time for a while admitting to myself that I liked them, even though like I got called out for hating on live golf and I'm like, hang on a second. Yeah. I bring it up as a segment at the end of every <laughs> single show. Like I like live golf folks. So I like uh, hearing that ball go in the hole. It makes that little sound, oh, you know, they got the microphone I have to, in there. I, I was telling you before, and I'm like, I have to turn off the damn sound of the announcers because it's just like a used car dealership. This is the greatest tournament ever played oh, on grass. It's the, I mean, this thing is so important to these guys. And it's like, 
Oh, no. Then you interview Brooks Kepka at the end of the tournament, and he finds out that he just made $4 million extra. Extra. Dollars. extra. And he's like, oh, damn. Really? <laughs> you know? And-, yeah, and it's like, oh, he really <laughs> cared about that entire thing. Oh, okay. That's great. Um, yeah, of course. He, like, But uh, it's <laughs> Live Golf. The Live Golf is going to go down in history as one of the greatest science projects that has ever been tried. And thank God there's guys like Greg Norman out there who just have mm. the mm. absolute alpha male balls to just say, I'm going to walk down to the beach in mesh shorts and just let my hammer fist just be oh, wow. taking pictures of, you know, that, it's that just, it's a, that kind of guy. That He's gonna is a, I know exactly sharks. what picture you're talking about. <laughs> and I mean, you know, Greg's packing some heat boy. So yeah, he don't, gives don't, two hey, shits. don't mess with the shark, man. He'll bite you. <laughs> well, Blake, that wraps up our time tonight, man. I appreciate you coming on, talking some golf with us. So once again, folks, former corn Ferry tour player. I've I'm still, I'm going with that. I'm going to get yelled at for Fred by some of the audience saying he was on the nationwide tour. Yes. It's the same fucking thing, folks. Oh, nationwide yeah. tour turned into, I uh, didn't it turn into something else before that web.com. That's right. It was the way. So yeah. Nationwide. It went nationwide web.com, web.com to corn Ferry. That's yep. right. There you have and, it. Uh, folks. And if you want to go way back and call it the Nike tour, cause that's what it was a long time ago. If we could just go back to that, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, wouldn't it be great? <laughs> All right, Blake, signing off, man. Thank you so much. Hang on tight. Uh, don't go anywhere just yet. But uh, everybody, um, until next time, you know, one word from our sponsors once again: Swannies.co. Use the promo code PullHookGolf25 for twenty-five percent off your entire order. Once again, that is PullHookGolf25 at Swannies.co. Peace out, everybody.